Welcome to the podcast of the First Baptist Church of Tryon. I'm Jeff Harris. I'm the pastor here at First Baptist, and I'm grateful for you joining us today. I must say, podcast might be a bit of a stretch because really this is our weekly sermon, and I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen to this week's sermon. I will give one word of warning, though, especially to those of you who are driving. Sermons um, from time to time tend to put people to sleep, so if you're driving, be real careful. We don't want you to fall asleep, because we'd love to have you tune in next week. (laughs) I hope you enjoy this week's sermon, although enjoy is really not the intended outcome of a sermon, but I am grateful that you took the time to listen, and I hope you have a great week. I'll catch you next week. The peace of Christ be with you. We welcome you to First Baptist Church. It is good to see you this morning. We welcome you, whether you're here in person or whether you're joining us on Zoom or on YouTube Live. It's good to be together. So may we take a deep breath. May we ready our hearts and our minds for the worship of God. In the darkest valley, in the hard work of life, in our day-to-day reality, like this time now, with every step we take, Our cups overflow. Amen.
May we pray. God of light, despite being your followers, as humans, we are all subject to going through dark valleys in our lives. Remind us this day and every day that you are with us and light our way. Help us to trust that with your light, we may discern truth and see the needs of others and also honestly view ourselves, leading us to act humbly, be repentant, and rededicate ourselves to loving our neighbors. We thank you for this day and this time, your light and love be with us here and in the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Like last week, our, most of our little ones are in children's church across the street, but I'm not going to uh, do a children's sermon to all of you again. Uh, I knew last week, since Jacob was, was preaching the sermon, you'd just be upset if you didn't get to hear some sermon from me. So that's, this week, that's not the case. So, Phil, if you'll move us into the responsive reading. If you'll join me reading responsibly, a very familiar Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.
reading from Ephesians 2.11 through 22. So then remember that one time you Gentiles by birth called the uncircumcision by those who are called the circumcision, a physical circumcision made in the flesh by human hands. Remember that you were at that time without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of the promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now the Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace. In his flesh he has made both groups into one and was broken down the dividing wall that is the hostility between us. He has abolished the law with its commandments and ordinances that we might create himself one new humanity in place of the two, thus making peace, and might reconcile both groups to God, one body through the cross, thus putting to death that hostility through it. So he came and proclaimed peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, both of us have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God. Built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I was thinking about the words of the song that I'm going to sing for you called Little Flowers. I've sung this song over, well, over 40 years now, and uh, it never had quite the same meaning that it does today, because the gist of this song tells that hardship strengthens us, and we sometimes avoid hardship at all costs, but then sometimes we have no choice, and I think this past year and a half has shown us a lot, and one thing that I've learned from the from the pandemic is that we're not in control of everything. We're not in control ourselves. Uh, we, uh, we have to do things that we never thought we could do. We've learned now that the church is still here after a year of absence in this building. We've learned that we were able to, able to withstand something that we couldn't even fathom staying in for a year. When we first started talking about the pandemic, and, and I said, oh, my gosh, we'll probably be out of church two or three weeks. And that was bad. But, you know, you never know what you can do when you have to do it. And on the other side, you look back and realize that you have gained a lot. We've, we've probably lost some people, but we've gained new people. The church is going to be here. It's going to survive. God is in charge there. So listen to this song, and I hope it means something to you um, as I sing it. Little Flowers. Little flowers never worry When the wind begins to blow And they never, never cry When the rain begins to fall Though it's wet and oh so cold Soon the sun will shine again Then they'll smile unto the world For their beauty to behold When the clouds begin to gather And the storm begins to grow don't complain though they're tossing to and fro oh I guess they've learned the secret 
They don't fret because they know if it never, never rains, then they'd never, never grow. So let it rain, let it rain, let it pour. Let all trouble keep a knocking at my door. If we learn the right from wrong, it will help to make us strong. Lord, please help us learn the secret. Even little flowers know if it never, never rains, then we'll never, never grow. If it never, never rains, then we'll never, never Reading from the book of Mark, chapter 6. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them and going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Gesenerat and moored the boat. When he, they got out of the boat, People at once recognized him and rushed about that whole region and began to bring the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went into villages or cities or farms, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch even the fringe of his cloak. And all who touched it were healed. The word of the Lord. I don't know if you caught that part in the scripture reading, but the disciples were so busy that they couldn't even eat. They didn't have time to eat. That's what the text says. Now, some folks talk about <clears throat> that there are certain parts of the Bible that are difficult to believe, and I think this might be one of them. Right? I mean, you had this group of ministers, which, by the way, they certainly weren't Baptists if they couldn't find time to eat a bite. They're so busy, they don't even have time to eat. I mean, I, I don't know about that. I mean, I've been busy, but I usually can pause for a few moments and gather something to eat, right? But anyway, so it had been really busy. They had been out. Jesus had sent them out to teach and to heal. That's what happens just before our reading begins. And now they gather around Jesus and they want to tell him about this experience. And Jesus says, we need to get away for a while. You need some time to breathe, some time to rest. He said, come to me, come away with me to a deserted place 
all by yourselves, he says, and rest for a while. And then that's where we get that little editorial comment in there. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. Which is not good, right? I mean, if you're that busy, because eventually, eventually you're going to get hangry. At least I am. Which means you'll be irritable, and you're going to be short, and you're going to be rather unpleasant to be around. Many of you, if you know me, you probably know that's true, if I'm really, really hungry, right? So anyway, they try to hop in the boat and get some time away, some solitude, some rest. They've been slaving away. They've been out teaching, and they've been healing. And the crowd beats them to the other side of the lake. I mean, what a bummer that must have been to roll up to the other side of the lake and there are all those people you thought you left behind. And there they are, just waiting on you. I mean, it would be like going on vacation and you arrive and there's a note tacked up on the door when you get there. And you think, oh, trying to get away for a little while. What's all this stuff? And and then you think, well, I'll tend to that when I get back. And then you walk in the condo and there they are. They're waiting on you. Oh, I need a little help over here. Could you come? You know, I had something I needed to talk to you about. Do you have a minute? The, the boat ride just wasn't quite what they were hoping for. <laughs> Didn't turn out quite as they had expected, which is life, you might say. I mean, you don't need me to tell you that, right? You know how life works. You make plans, plans get interrupted, things happen. And if we didn't know that, we certainly know it after a year and a half of pandemic, of COVID. 17 months, I think, actually, so even a little more than a year and a half. And, and everyone's routine has been changed, I think. Most everyone's, maybe not quite everyone's, but most everyone's has been changed in some way or another. And it's been changed for so long, I'm not even sure what normal is anymore. Now, it is true that we are getting back to something more normal-ish. And that's certainly a welcome relief. I'm grateful for that. Our worship looks very different today. In fact, it looks very normal today compared to how it has been over this year, and I'm very grateful for that. And there is this sort of rush just to get back to normal, right? Let's get back to normal. Let's get back to doing what we were doing before. And I wonder, I wonder, I wonder how wise that is. I wonder how wise it is to just go back to doing everything we were doing before. Because I wonder, what have we learned? What have we learned during this time? And I wonder, I wonder what changes will be permanent. I wonder what changes might need to be permanent. And I specifically wonder that for churches. I mean, what have churches learned in the midst of this? What have we learned here at First Baptist? Well, I'm not fully sure what we've learned, actually, right? We're still in the midst of it. In a couple of years, I can tell you what we learned, probably. But I do think it is fair to say that if we just go back to doing everything the same way we were before, if we go back to thinking the same way and living the same way, we will have missed an opportunity. I recently read a survey, I can't remember where it was from or who did it, but it said that 75% of semi-regular attenders of church, whatever semi-regular means, I don't know what that means, the survey didn't say, I guess you just self-identified as a semi-regular attendee. Anyway, it said 75% of those who were semi-regular attenders said they would return to in-person church at some point. I also don't know what some point means, right? When is that? What is that? 
But what I do know is that means 25% of the people apparently will probably not return, according to this survey. Now, who knows how all that pans out for us and how that pans out for other congregations. That's not really the point. The point I'm trying to make is that churches will look different when this is over. We'll all look different in one way or another. Our congregation was in a, a good place. We were healthy and steady, and we had taken a significant amount of time to, to reevaluate our ministries, to reevaluate our facilities. And, and we had a lot of energy and a lot of momentum behind all that. And the truth is, it's been almost two years since we moved out of this building. Like, it's almost been two years. That's hard to get your head around, right? So we moved out of the sanctuary, went across the street to the activity building. And there are a couple of ways that we can, can view these things. A couple of different perspectives. One, we can lament the loss of that momentum. We can lament that. And trust me, I have. And I know that you have. And it's not only okay to lament the loss of that. Actually, it's healthy to do that. It's healthy to acknowledge our frustration. It's, it's, it's honest to say, well, that's not quite how we had imagined that. I mean, who goes into the middle of a major renovation and a pandemic hits? We obviously did not see that coming, right? I mean, there would be better times that one could do that. And yet, in some ways, I guess if we were going to have to be out of the building, well, it was a pretty good time. We couldn't be in here anyway. So it's okay to lament that and to grieve that. But the truth is, the what could have been narrative it's not really helpful. It's ultimately not helpful. So on the one hand, we can lament, but on the other hand, I think we transition to gratitude rather quickly. I am so grateful for all of you who have so faithfully stuck with us. I'm so grateful for those of you who have faithfully logged on to Zoom for Sunday school and Wednesday morning Bible study and noonday prayer and all those deacons meetings we had. We had enough deacons meetings in the first eight months of this thing that we probably won't even have to meet for three years. Just kidding. But, I mean, our deacons were so faithful to meet and to think through what we should do. And I'm so grateful for all of you who have faithfully joined us for worship. I never really imagined that um, I would be worshiping via Zoom. I had been, I, I, I'm part of, a, uh, part of the leadership of CBF North Carolina on the coordinating council and, and have been for several years. And we meet every month on Zoom. We've been doing that for a long time because we're spread out throughout the state and it works really well for that. And I never really imagined we'd do that for worship. But we did. And, and the truth is, it didn't always go as planned. In fact, it almost never really went as planned. Sometimes the music would work fairly well. That's the real difficulty. The real, it's hard to do music on there. Sometimes it was really glitzy and rough. But the truth is, eventually we kind of figured it out. And for the most part, it worked. And the truth is... There was something really holy about that experience. It was, it was real, like we were doing it in real time. And there were enough errors on there to remind us it was real. And I'm grateful for that time. I'm grateful for those of you who faithfully watched sermons on YouTube. <laughs> you should get a gold star for that. Uh, it, it can be hard to listen to a sermon in person, but when you're watching it pre-recorded on YouTube and you can actually just skip to the end, which you may be wanting to do right now, just this fact, you know, I mean, that's like a, that's a gift <laughs> that you watch those. 
And I am so grateful for how faithful and generous you have been in your giving. Your giving has been so steady and generous. And this is in the middle of a capital campaign. When we had already dug deep into your pockets. Your generosity has been a gift. And maybe more than any of that, I am grateful that we didn't completely lose our minds because I know some churches that have gone nuts. I know some churches that are literally split apart because of the pandemic. And should we worship this way? Should we worship this way? Should we do just have come apart? In fact, there's a congregation not too far from here where a, a friend of mine served, served, You heard that, past tense. She served there. So in the pandemic, the pastor left, the minister of music left, the youth minister left, the organist left, everybody left because the church just went nuts and it imploded. And this really isn't an isolated incident, unfortunately. So I can't tell you how deeply grateful I am for all of you and how we have navigated this together have much gratitude. So the disciples, they needed a rest. They needed a break. They needed to catch their breath. But of course, they didn't really get that. It didn't work out that way. Jesus said, let's go get a rest. But no, those folks beat them to the other side. And if this were a different sermon, or if this were in a, a different season in the life of the church, I might talk about that, about rest and renewal and Sabbath. And I almost always do one of those sermons in the summer because it's really important, I think, especially in this busy, busy, busy world in which we live. But that's not really the point of this sermon. I think the point of this sermon is really the fact that the disciples did not get their rest, and there was a reason that they didn't get their rest, and the reason was because this crowd needed food. That's what happens in the middle, in between those two sections of scripture we read. There's this big hungry crowd, and then there's this other crowd who, who, who are sick, and they need healing. And that's because they were sheep without a shepherd. And that's really kind of the whole thing in a nutshell. That's why you're here, and that's why I'm here, and that's why churches exist. Because all of us are sheep without a shepherd. Every last single one of us need healing. And we are unable to do it ourselves. We need God for that. We need each other for that. We need the church for that. Now, I know, I know that churches can sometimes be part of the problem. Trust me, I know that, right? We can read about those kinds of things all the time, about how the church itself wasn't a place of healing, but a place of abuse or a place that really injured people. But the truth is, when church really functions at its best, and I've seen it and you have too, churches can be places of healing and welcome and mercy, and grace. And that's why we're here. I think y'all know me well enough, and I know you well enough, that we can just honestly say we don't really care for gimmicks around here. And sometimes churches fall into the gimmick mindset, right? let's do this and we can roll them in or let's do that and we can get them here you know that kind of gimmicky kind of theology which really is a way of saying let's just give the people what they want whatever it is that'll get them in the doors but the truth is that's not what we're called to do that's not what the church is called to do it's not about giving people what they want the church is here to give people what they actually need And we need to love and be loved. And we need to forgive and be forgiven. 
We need friends that we can trust and friends that we can laugh with and friends that we can cry with. And we need a place where we can come together with these friends, where we can practice our faith, where we can learn together what it means to love God and what it means to love our neighbors and what it even means to love our enemies. And this is the kind of church that we long to be. This is the kind of church that we are on our best days. It's a place where we experience the love of God and where we experience compassion and where we talk about things that matter and where we're honest with each other. You see, church should be a place that gives us life. It should not be the place that drains life out of us. It should be a place that teaches and models Sabbath rest and renewal. should be a place that models what it's like to be healthy people in relationship with each other. Now, I don't mean everything is always going to be roses. We know that. And it doesn't mean that we won't have to make sacrifices or do hard things or sometimes we just have to stick it out because we've made a commitment. But you see, ultimately, church is a place where we come to receive. We come to receive the love and the mercy of God. And that's why all these people keep coming to Jesus. That's why they chased him around the other side of the lake. Because he has something that they need. He's the good shepherd. He's the good shepherd. The one that we desperately need. And after we have received, after we've received, well then, yeah, we go out and we share these gifts with the world because they're not ours to hoard but we all need a place where we can receive the love and mercy of God. And I am grateful that we can receive it here together. Thanks be to God. Amen.
community of faith called First Baptist Tryon. We're grateful that we have a place where we can experience your love and your mercy and your grace. We're grateful for the friendship we are grateful for laughter for tears. We are grateful for these people who are concrete reminders of your goodness and your faithfulness. For these people who walk through life with us because we cannot go it alone. We are grateful for these people who have offered their lives. to be your sheep, to follow you. We don't always get it right. But you empower us to keep at it. And we will. We will keep at it together to be your reflection here in Tryon and beyond. Help us to be agents of healing. Help us to be agents of your peace and your reconciliation so that the world might be as you would have it be. We pray for healing especially for the ones that we name aloud. And if you're here in the congregation, I invite you, you can offer names aloud this morning. I will repeat them so that everyone can hear them. Mike Smith. Smith. David Bauman. Bauman. Susan McHugh. McHugh. Tim Dempsey. Dempsey. Georgia Pace. Sue Pittman family. Robert Henderson. Henderson. Carol Batts and her parents. And And those of you joining online, if you have names to offer, you may unmute yourself and offer those now. Elliot Hodges. For those we've named and others we've left unnamed, and for those unknown to us, O Lord, we entrust them to you. We pray for deep healing. We pray for your peace that passes understanding. And we pray all of these things through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the one who has taught us to pray. And if you're joining us online, if you would unmute yourself and you can join us in saying the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For mine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
It has been good to worship with you this morning. Thank you for being here. We had a wonderful time last Sunday evening with trivia and, and homemade desserts. And the, I, I think that was almost like the loaves and, and the bread. I mean, the loaves and the fish. They were, those desserts just kept on coming. Uh, congratulations to our trivia winners. I can't remember everyone on the team, so I won't call them out. And then our youth, we had a great time with our youth and some of our kids rafting on uh, Tuesday, I think it was, sometime last week, and uh, Wednesday, Tuesday, I don't know. Anyway, we all got home. We, took all, we came home with the same number, so that's always a good thing. Um, also, there's a Children's Art Day coming up. There's been information about that. Uh, I do want you to know that we'll be uh, hosting a vaccine clinic here on August the 8th. It's in the back parking lot. Polk County Health Department has done a wonderful job of, of trying to get vaccine out, and now the difficult thing is finding people to receive the vaccine. So uh, please let folks know that there'll be a clinic here on the 8th. Uh, they can register or they can simply show up that day. Uh, it'll be in the back parking lot. Sure. If you'll go to a mic, though, so you can... Next Sunday, I am pleased to tell you that we will have a guest musician here. A young man from Gaffney that I know, I've known him all his life and his family. He is uh, just turned 18 years old and he is a world-class classical guitarist. And he's going to, to college in Cleveland next year to study that majoring. He's really phenomenal and a really good kid. I think you'll get a blessing. He'll be providing the service music next week. His name is Nate Hill. So please be here if you can and tell your young people and the younger people in your family that have children that might be inspired by something like this. It would be good for them to hear it. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. We, lo we look forward to that and worship next week. Uh, also, next Sunday will be the last Sunday of July, so that means that uh, next Sunday will be the last 10 a.m. worship service and the last No Sunday School. And then in August, we'll go back to doing Zoom Sunday School for one more month. And we'll have worship at 11, like we've been doing for a while. And then the first Sunday in September will be our regular schedule. All activities will be on their regular basis. And, um, and so anyway, we look forward to, uh, to celebrating that time together. And I'll stop making announcements and rambling on. And I will offer the benediction. So let's stand now. May you go in peace to love and serve the Lord, and as you go, remember who you are. You are disciples of Jesus, our Lord and our brother, children of Almighty God, bound together as brothers and sisters through the Spirit. You are the very body of Christ, so may you serve the Lord with gladness all your days. One more announcement. Third Sundays are when we collect an offering for uh, the food pantry at Thermal Belt Outreach Ministry, so you're welcome to give to that as you exit today. It has been good to worship with you. May you go uh, 